You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good Monday morning. Good morning's Lone Star, Dick and Skippy. He's Dick. I'm still Skippy. 916 in the morning in our studios. A brisk 72 degrees outside, going all the way up to 80. Gonna have some thunderstorms. Skippy no like that. But it's the morning after. That's right, the day after. The day after the Oscars. The Oscars weren't sponsored by Conroe Coffee, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, and Centurion Wealth Advisors. But you know what? We were. So we win over the Oscars. Lots of stuff happened last night. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, pretty much the lows. But that's how we roll here. Mornings with Lone Star. Yeah. That was Busby Berkeley with Hooray for Hollywood. Meant ironically today. (laughs) It wasn't that bad, though. You didn't even watch it. So you're allowed to even comment. Well, you know, I can see a warm ridden apple and know it's not going to taste good. I don't have to bite into it. I guess. Mm-hmm. Actually, what's funny is we played a game on the ticket stub. Uh-huh. Who, uh huh. Who? Who won? I gotta. I'm gonna do. Dick's this going quick. analog here. Yeah. <laughs> He's not googling. He's using the papers. Well, we made guesses and stuff, and I knew. I, I kind of remember vaguely what I guessed, but then mm-hmm. I definitely got one of them wrong. I know that. Movie of the year. Uh, yes. Or best picture. So it's the one where the woman sleeps with the fish guy, right? Yeah. And not a fisherman. Somebody sleeping I mean, with a somebody. Fish guy. So, like a, a merman, but not with the not the parts. You, you know want. who who I would want to be. Who's that? I would want to be the guy who makes the times up pins. <laughs> okay, why? Because there's a growth. Because like everybody was wearing them, and I'm like, all right. So, how long do you think this would go for? And where can we sell them? Because I always feel I want to know who made them. I, so, that's why I want to know. What's the difference between Me Too and Times Up? Just for slow people like me. I think the Me Too movement is I, I more was, of a collect a collective of support. Like Me Too, don't worry. Like it I ha- thought that was it happened to Me Too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it don't don't feel like it. You're alone. Okay. Me Too. It happened to Me like Too. The, when I say the victims, I'm not victimizing, but you know those who received were on the receiving end yes. of bad stuff. And, and that, Time's Up is... And Time's Up is the, I guess, Hollywood's declaration of, like, your time is up. You're not allowed to be like you are anymore. Okay. Okay. So talk to me about your 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 guesses. Well, my guesses, I haven't looked at them. That's what I was, that's what oh, I was saying. Okay. Like, I got to pull up my piece of paper. Do I need to call up the actual uh, roster of who won? No, I got it. Okay. I, I remember. Uh, but you know what's funny, though? I didn't really watch it too much. We were uh, in the middle of making dinner and doing other stuff like that. And I did watch the opening, like, what do you call it? The red carpet? Uh-huh. I, and I want, I want y'all's opinion, if anyone's listening had, who saw any of the Oscars, was it me or was it just really boring? And I'm not saying, like, oh, the, the wars are boring. I'm talking about, like, the conversations. Like, the, you were listening to the red carpet. They were trying to talk to each other. But it was just really bad. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, because especially one after another, like it wasn't just one awkward interview and that was it. It was like every single person they interviewed, it was, uh, they didn't, they asked like the, the safest questions. Like, oh, you look lovely tonight. Thank you. Oh, great. Well, it is so such a pleasure to see you. You're such a great actor. Thank you. And then that's it. Well, there could be a couple of 
possible reasons for that. First off, um, this is the season for actors to become activists. And so to be asked, who are you wearing? Or, you know, what's your favorite this or that? You know, they're afraid that people are going to start, you know, politicizing or just, just railing on them. So it, it takes away from the, you know, you ask them an unsafe question, you might get an unsafe answer. But also, um, you know, Ryan Seacrest, who's been the host for E! for, for a while now, he's uh, under accusation from his former stylist of many years, and, and I think one or two other ladies have piped in, of sexual harassing behavior. And in the days leading up to this brouhaha, people saying, don't let him be on the red carpet. And then word went out that some agents were telling their clients, you know, the actors, avoid him. <laughs> don't go to him. There are many, there are plenty of other red carpet well, that's one thing I I, I, I I didn't want to laugh at, but when I saw so many people wearing the Time's Up pin, and I'm like, man, they're really, like, it's like, I go, I bet, I bet you there was one person who didn't get it, and just, <laughs> like, didn't put it on, and people were like, hey, where's your pin? Oh, you, you know, they had a little, you know, a kiosk, hey, can you hook a brother up, please? Need, yeah, like, need a pin? I need a pin. Can I you? need it. Can I borrow it before I go on stage to accept this award? I do not want to be the only person that went on stage to get an Oscar didn't have a Time's Up pin. Now, the actor or actress I, I would respect with a modicum is the one who every year wears all the pins and ribbons to date that they've worn in the past. Oh, is that true? No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's This is the cause du jour, you know, this is the cause of the day. Next year, it'll be a purple ribbon for, you know, uh, pick a topic, save the albatross. Uh, you know, you had your pink ribbons, your your black ribbons, the AIDS Awareness Day. You know, and I'm not belittling any of the actual causes, but everyone latches onto these for this, this one night. You know, remember for the Golden Globes, everyone wear black, which was the stupidest thing ever. Of course, that's the only color tuxedo there is nowadays. And yeah, well, even, I, I, yeah. they should have worn garish yellow or fuchsia or periwinkle to show the Me Too thing. But instead of black? I don't know. It meant can't nothing. Really, I mean, I can't have a rumor. But just have someone show up on their lapel and everything with, with every pin and ribbon there ever was to say, I still believe in these things. Yeah. It's not just this year. I, you know, last year. Well, that's what I was confused about the Time's Up deal. Because like you said, it does get kind of confusing where the message lies. And it wasn't necessarily like, hey, we're coming after you because no one went after Ryan Seacrest. And Taraja Hensley did a bit. She's the uh, actress who used to be on Person of Interest, and now she's on uh, Empire. Okay. And uh, a, uh, a just beautiful, powerful uh, African-American actress who apparently is <laughs> vocal and kind of did the whole to Ryan, yeah, I guess God's going to sort him out later, huh? Or, you know, basically good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, right? And then walks off to someone else and says, Taraja, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, okay, now that I'm with you. So, I mean, it was the... It was the little stiletto jab. And uh, so that could account for part of the, the red carpet iffiness. Well, the worst thing about it, too, is like when he, was, they can almost eat, like, what's the, what's the term? Uh, crow. Eat crow. And, like, sometimes it's going to happen. But now everyone's being acute. Like, you, time's up basically says you're guilty. Well, and that's the thing. And, you know, we have our special guest, Kristen Bass, coming in. She's an attorney running well, for judge of the 24th. I, think, and I want to talk to her well, about that, that. I think there was even a billboard outside of the Oscars basically saying, like, time's up. What just go to the police? Basically, it didn't say like you know <laughs> wear a pen, you're okay. It's like no, go to the police if something happens, because right. people aren't <laughs> telling people to do that. It's just saying, hey, time's up. But. It's it's the cause du jour. But uh, yeah, so outside that, do we we do have a special guest? Who's that going to be? Kristen Bays. She's an yeah. attorney, a local attorney. She's running for judge of the 284th Civil District Court. 
here in Montgomery County. Well, that's going to be a good interview. Don't mm-hmm. forget to stick around for that. It's going to happen around 930. But outside of the Oscars, I, I only saw a couple of the movies, and there were more of the high-octane visual effects movies. Now, leaving this Oscar, I really want to see Blade Runner. Out of all the movies, Shape of Water didn't really... I mean, that seems kind of neat, but uh, I really want to see Blade Runner after seeing how many She's sleeping with a fish. What's there to see? I don't think you even see that. Well, that's what I mean. It's <laughs> even then they don't they don't work in the the, the mechanics of it. Well, who was that? Uh, there was a comedian basically saying, if you take the plots of three fourths of the Oscar movies and you take uh, take out the context of art, it's creepy movies. Because they're basically saying, yeah, one movie we have a woman sleeping with a fish. Take away all the art <laughs> of the film, and we have a woman sleeping with, with a, a fish. fish. And it's like we have another movie with a, an adult male sleeping with a 17-year-old male, which, take away the art, is illegal and really creepy. <laughs> and then he kind of applied, he's the only one that's not, basically, is not art, is Dunkirk and Longest Hour, which cover the same topic. Hey, take away the war, and it's just guys standing on a beach. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like the the Fifty Fifty Shades movies. I mean, I, I, I say again, if the guy was a a school janitor, this would be a completely this would be an after school special with a cautionary tale instead of a, a oh, love story. That's really weird. You know what? Uh, since we're gonna get Kristen in here, we're gonna do a music break. We will be back with yeah. a link interview with Kristen Bays running for district judge. Which, uh-huh. which one? Two eighty fourth. Two eighty fourth. Remember that number. We'll be right back. Morning's Lone Star. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Dick and Skippy. He's still Dick. I'm still Skippy. It is 9.34 in the morning. We had a music break. Thank you so much. Mars Lone Star sponsored by Conroe Coffee, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, and Centurion Wealth Advisors. Taking care of my money so I don't have to. <laughs> I'm joking. I have no money. <laughs> 72 degrees, going up to 80, and the thunderstorms are right around the corner. Skippy does not like thunderstorms. 
when the poor, uh, roar of thunder happens, he kind of curls up in a ball, fetal, sucks his thumb. Yeah, typical Monday morning for me. Anyhow, that, that funny uh, female chuckle you heard in the background a moment ago was our special guest. We have Kristen Bays in the studio. Good morning. Good morning. I'm all in for the uh, funny female chuckle or whatever you said. <laughs> That's yeah, just my job. That, that's, that's so true. That's so 12 seconds ago. Well, I can't you remember. I'll be your hear, you, needed, you needed to hear Francis. It was her name, Frances McDormand. McDormand uh-huh. She had a laugh when she won her award. It was like the Joker laugh. <laughs> and what was really weird is like the timing. They She laughed and then it was like they're playing music. And just the way it sounded, you're like, what is going on right now? And I'm going to find it for us. So I find the Joker laugh. Let me see if I can better than it. the dolphin laugh of Hillary Clinton. Have you heard or heard her laugh? That, that really goes without saying. Yet, in many ways, they are both jokers. So we'll just leave. Badumba! There we Ba-dum-ba. go. That's a freebie. There you go. Kristen Bays is the uh, Republic is Re- bleh, Republican candidate for the 284th Civil District Court here in Montgomery County. Kristen, tell us about the court. Wow, we just went from really interesting stuff to. Uh, well, we're getting it all the way, so we can talk about fun stuff again. Okay, good. Um, what the court does, it's a district court, which means it's a trial court. It's the highest level trial court that Texas has. This court is designated to handle civil cases, which are the cases where people are suing each other. Anybody's going to prison. Anybody's getting a divorce. They won't be in this court. This court just handles basically everything else. So uh, trespass to try title suits related to the title to real property, wrongful death cases, uh, products liability cases, breach of contract cases, just the whole gamut of cases where people are suing each other, and that's what the court does. So if Dick served me coffee and I spilled it on my lap, I could sue him and come to your court? You you absolutely could. Score. Whether that's advisable is, is a whole different question, but yes, yes, you could. Oh, I can find 12, 13 witnesses easily <laughs> for a very modest fee to, to back up my story, so that's fee. great to hear. Yeah, <laughs> well, okay, there, I can see that you've planned your future, so <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, it beats the, my, my few, uh, previous plans of winning the lottery. Oh, yeah. So so 284th, civil court mm-hmm. only, which so lawsuits, right. ba- basically. Not um, not criminal. So, like the difference between criminal and civil, O.J. Simpson was found not guilty of criminal charges because there's a difference between reasonable doubt, reasonable doubt and uh, preponderance of the evidence. Right. right? Uh, but civilly, he was found liable. So, That's right. what do you is that an, an acquitted murderer? How do you define someone who's found not guilty of a crime but civ- civilly liable for? Because they're really just two different worlds. So, the the criminal world, the penalties are going to be things like fines that are paid to the state, restitution paid to victims, or prison time, sometimes jail time and state jail felonies. So, when OJ was being tried in that trial that lasted for what was it like four years, three months, and 16 days, yes. <laughs> however long it lasted, and he was acquitted, that means no jail time for him. I mean, he's he's off the hook for any criminal responsibility, but it doesn't do a thing to absolve him of civil liability on a wrongful death case, and that's what happened. So he was sued civilly. And you're right, it's the difference in the burden of proof, because before we start taking away people's freedoms, we like to set the standard a little bit higher, and that's beyond a reasonable doubt. But whenever you have a situation in a civil case, it's preponderance of the evidence, which means, you know, the greater weight of the credible evidence. And so it's, it's a lower standard because nobody goes to prison. And that's what happened to O.J. And got it. Well, the first time, then the second time he kind of, uh, oops, 
we just let nature take its course and yes. he'll, he'll go to jail in his own free time. Well, gave him enough rope and <laughs> we know how that is. There you go. So early voting just ended. Uh, you were like out there every day, weren't you? I was. You're looking a little redder than you were last time. I, I'm not talking Republican so much as I'm talking you're literally looking redder. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not blushing. I'm not <laughs> it's not the Republican thing. It's it's sunburn. It looks like I've been to Cabo. Not so much. I've been hanging out in the parking lot. I was trying to think how many hours I logged in and I'm just going to go with a lot. A lot of hours. A lot of so, hours, but it was really great. So uh, Dick and I, well, actually Nathan and I last week were kind of grousing about kind of low voter turnout. Looks like about maybe a 10% of for lucky uh, turnout. Uh, what were you seeing out at the polls? Well, uh, the first week of early voting that began Tuesday through Friday. So that week, things were really pretty slow and there was a whole lot of rain. I know I said rain out loud. I'm sorry, Sean. Just Or Skippy. We'll no, call no, you Skippy. Skippy, Skippy um, Sean, I don't care what you call me. Just call me. But we won't mention rain. We don't want to freak you out or panic you or anyway. But that, that turnout was exceptionally low because the rain was exceptionally high. Then the weekend came and things were still a little bit low. And then last week, suddenly there was a deluge, not of rain, but of people. Sunshine, people, and a Friday was basically double the numbers we had seen on the heavier days the days before. So... Overall, low voter turnout, but in the last week, a lot of people showed up and made their voices heard. Cool. Now, I'm going to put Kristen on the spot here because, you know, she, there's a rumor that she has a reputation for being able to, like, pull numbers and, like, real numbers off the top of her head. <laughs> so, if you're watching us on YouTube, the camera's on her, you see that there's no paper in front of her. So, what, what kind of numbers of the early voting turnout were there here? So, it was roughly 5,500 mail-in ballot votes and roughly 22,000 in-person early votes. The grand total is 27,902 votes that have already been cast. Nerd. Sorry, I had a sneeze there. And that was awesome. And uh, no, I've, I've talked with Kristen before on several occasions, and she can like pull case laws off top of her head. That It's like how some people can do the, the sports score. I had a roommate once who could uh, do any sports statistic, and I like made one up on the spot. Oh yeah, who was the best left-hander in the 1952 World Series? And he said, <laughs> "Oh, it was Sparky Hayes," and he, you know, he he knew it. It was insane. So yeah, well. So did you like? So obviously, you're an attorney now, mm -hmm. practicing civil law. Yeah, I guess. And uh, did you just wake up one Tuesday morning and say, "I want to be a judge"? Or That's how did that come? Exactly what happened. It was just, it was remarkable. It's always, on a, it's always on a Tuesday yeah. morning, too. It's always on a Tuesday morning. So we vote on Tuesdays, and that's when decisions get made. So tomorrow's a big day. But no, that's not what happened. What happened is I went to law school, and I was really lucky to get to go to law school because I was a broke college student, and there was exactly zero chance that I was going to be able to afford law school. But at Baylor, I got a full tuition scholarship, which was basically like winning the lottery. So I went to law school. I loved it. And... You know, I, I'm proud to isn't say. Isn't that earned, the scholarship? Yeah. So it's not like winning the lottery. Well, no, you're right. You A fair it. point. Thank you. Thank you for you that. You go, Dick. Don't sell yourself nice. short. All right. I won't sell myself short. I earned it. I worked for it. I'll be like Alice and Janie on the Oscars. I did it all by myself. No, you'll be like the end of uh, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Earn okay. this. Earn this. <laughs> Tom Hanks came to you and earn this. But she well, did, apparently. So. <laughs> So I did. So I earned it and I got to go and, and I really loved law school. And I can't even tell you how many of my classmates used to make fun of that when I would tell them, you know, we've just got to do all these different things while we're in law school. This is our opportunity. It's only three years. And so that became the thing that people would taunt me with was, yes, law school, it's only three years. We could only wish that it was maybe four or five. That would be great. <laughs> but I liked it. And the thing about liking it that has led me to this moment in time is that 
the legal analysis that sends most people into a coma of boredom is really something that I like and that I'm good at. And it's what judges do every day. So, so what is a judge supposed to do? You know, a, a civil court judge, I, I mean, because I, I know me, I'd make an awesome like TV lawyer, movie lawyer. I get disbarred in 12 seconds. You know, nice. I'd be the uh, Al Pacino. You're out of order. And, and just get thrown out of the courtroom right away. So is the judge supposed to, like, rely on, on case law only, put personal feelings in it? How, how does it go down? Oh, it's it's so involved. Um, we start with taking the evidence that's presented, and those are the facts of the case. So you get witnesses, you get documents, you get photographs, you get recordings, you get text messages, Facebook messages, I mean, what, whatever the evidence may be, and that evidence starts getting presented, that evidence gets evaluated before it actually comes into play. So it's evaluated under the rules of evidence. It's evaluated under the rules of civil procedure. So there's a legal analysis that goes into whether you can even hear a particular piece of evidence. So once you get past all of that and all the evidence is out on the table, then it becomes a matter of tying that in to statutes, to the Constitution, to case law precedent, to a whole slew of things in the civil world and coming up with the answer. So it's that's basically how the sausage is made. If you want more details, you probably would be sick. But um, it's, it's an involved process, but it's an exciting one for me. And I think we need judges who actually think this is an exciting process as opposed to, yikes. Yeah, this sounds like something like this sounds like there's a lot of research mm-hmm. and being able to juggle, not for someone who says, hey, I want to be a judge when I grow up. Uh, now, obviously, experience has to be important. Do you have to be an attorney to be a judge? You have to be an attorney to be a district court judge. Okay. Yes. And um, so talk to me about experience because uh, obviously you, you had a law firm. It's Bays and Bays, right? Yes. And uh, Silver so name, by the way. Yes. Hey, it's, it's all, you know, almost alphabetical. <laughs> In the old days, I was telling Dick that, you know, that's why we, have, we had like Amco and AAA services because mm-hmm. the phone book was always alphabetical. Yeah. And they actually had a law where you couldn't have more than five A's. Is that right? In a That's row. funny. Because would go, okay, then I'll be a a a a a a a one carpet cleaning, and that's how it went. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously, this is a contested race. Uh, yes. The incumbent is retiring. That's right. Right. She and is. so she's stepping down, and uh, obviously, I think a judge can't publicly uh, endorse anyone else. So there are two people, you and someone else, vying for this race. Uh, your experience. Talk to me about that. Well, and, and it is it is verboten for judges or judicial candidates to endorse other candidates. Verboten, so, look it up, people. does not mean verbatim. It's no, different. It means well, a no-no. It's, that is exactly what it means. It means don't be doing that. So as a result, you don't really get to hear from judges about who their picks are. So just know that as we go into this race. When you think, well, gee, why did the incumbent not endorse Kristen? Well, it, it would be illegal. So we want to stay on the right side of the line. My experience. Um I've, I've been a civil litigation attorney for 24 plus years. It's actually 24 years, three months and 18 days. I made that up, Sean. I was just kidding. But I have been a civil litigation attorney for a really, really long time. And I've handled cases all over the state. Primarily, I spend my time in Montgomery County because I love it here. But it's state court. It's federal court. I've handled a lot of appeals, a lot of trials, a lot of bench trials, jury trials, evidentiary hearings, all the things that happen in civil cases are things that I've been doing for a really long time. And I'm doing well, by the way. Have you been able to get out there and like bang on the table and say objection? Have you been on the other side of the bench, as oh, it were? Listen, so there's there's a quote that is kind of a joke among attorneys, is if the law is on your side, 
bang the law. If the facts are on your side, bang the facts. And if nothing's on your side, bang the table. So I'm pleased to report that I haven't done a whole lot of table banging. It's pretty much just been presentation of evidence and case law and arguments to juries and judges. And so, so your practice in Montgomery County, are yes. you like Montgomery County girl born and bred or oh, been gosh, here a while? No. I grew up in Lubbock, so Lubbock. You know, that should get me the sympathy vote, don't you think? All <laughs> right. If you've ever Isn't been that where to Buddy Lubbock. Holly was, was Buddy Holly was from Lubbock, right? Betty Holly was from Lubbock. His name is misspelled on his tombstone, but that's a whole different story. His parents owned the uh, color tile that was on 34th Street. I lived over on 46th Street. So, yeah, I, I was born and raised in Lubbock. Then I graduated from high school and I fled Lubbock. <laughs> I hear that a I lot. Could. Me and the tumbleweeds, off we went. So, but I've been here in Montgomery County since 1995. So that's clear. Okay, that, that's close to to forever. It's so, pretty so we'll close to it. forever. <laughs> so Montgomery County practice, Montgomery County position, mm-hmm. uh, resident. Uh, awesome. I know we got to take a break, but want to hang out for a couple more minutes with us afterwards. I we can talk about to. some non-judge stuff if you want. Awesome. We're listening to Mornings with Lone Star. Dick and Skippy, 947. Going to take a sponsor break. We'll be back momentarily. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Your trivia question on Morning's Lone Star. This is Busby Berkeley, 1937-39. I can't remember. One of those 1930s years. Hooray for Hollywood. Because we're making fun of the Oscars today. Yes, we are. You got Dick and Skippy in the studio. We are happily sponsored by Conroe Coffee, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, and Centurion Wealth Advisors. We love you guys. Thank you for sponsoring us. You want to feel the love and sponsor us? Give us a call, 936-647-3776. Want to join the conversation? Give us a call. Hit us up on Facebook, Mornings with Lone Star, or call Dick on his private cell phone number. If you don't have it, let me know, and I'll give it to you. We still have Kristen Bays in the studio. Kristen Bays is Republican candidate for the 284th Civil District Court. Voting is tomorrow only. Polls open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's it. And it's very important to know where you got to vote because early voting, that's a cool thing. And I've talked about this many times. You can go to any one of the, what, six places around town? Seven places around town. Uh, This time you got to go. And so if you're going to wait till you go after work, if you go to the wrong place, you're waiting in line for an hour. And then like, oh, no, you have to go to the elementary Mm -hmm. school down the street and you're going to throw up your hands and say, forget it. It's not worth it and walk away. And Kristen won't get your vote. And that's just no good people. So know who you are. Go to mctx.org. It'll tell you where 
You can go vote. Vote early. Well, too late for for that now. Be conscientious. <laughs> vote twice. Vote, vote as often as you can legally get away with, which, okay, it's just once. But so we've been talking about uh, Kristen's uh, history and qualifications and like what a judge does. But I think we're going to open up a little bit. Are we ready for it? So apparently, you know, Dick er- earlier was talking about Blade Runner that he hasn't seen yet, the new Blade Runner movie. Yes, but you've not seen but it. But you saw the original. Yes. Now, now, Kristen, well, I saw it several different times. Well, different, well that's kind of my like, question. There's like seven cuts of it. That's <laughs> that's my question because Kristen apparently not only is she, and I say this with all of my heart as a judicial nerd, but kind of like a nerd <laughs> in general, which is it's cool. True. This is what we're this is what we're all about. So you know your your Blade Runner. I do. And so the the new one, twenty Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, so the original Blade Runner set in twenty nineteen. So we're still waiting on replicants and flying cars and stuff. We are. But so the sequel, which version, which cut is it based on? Because the original had where Sean Young has an aging chip in her that she can grow old and die. But then the implication is that he's a replicant himself. So. Oh, there was just all kinds of stuff going on. So I don't even remember the order of them. But the very first one that I saw was off they go driving into this idyllic setting that did not involve all the replicants and the neon and all the stuff that was going on where they had fled from. And the idea was that he was going to die and she was just going to live on for a while. That was the first one that I saw. And then we moved into all different versions of things. But then the sequel picks up on the idea that she is way more advanced than we had originally thought that she can actually get pregnant. The question of whether Harrison Ford is a replicant was was answered in the movie. So can I do a spoiler? Whoa. No, no, okay, no, no, right. no, no, yeah. They just won the Oscar anyway, last night. Give them a break. Anyway, so it was pretty awesome. That answer was was given, but in a very surreptitious way. So still a little room for debate. Harrison Ford walks in the room and wires are sticking out of his ear. Well, that actually didn't happen, so <laughs> nothing that obvious, but it's it's a little uncertain. Um it, it continued that same theme of what does life mean? So he has this great dog when Ryan Gosling, and by the way, Ryan Gosling is in the movie. Do you need any other reason to go see it? I'm just can, saying. Uh, he, I would, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> he, he okay. continuously surprises me. So all the ladies. Is, is he that there. good? He's, well, he's just like, his movie choices are just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think I've missed like every. What movies has he been in? I think well, I've La missed. La La Land. He's well, like tap dancing yeah, in La La, 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 La Land. Lars and the Real Girl. Uh, well, everyone's seen The Notebook. And then, I haven't. That's the thing. And then, no, don't skip the notebook. Okay. Oops. Maybe not. <clears throat> anyway. Holly made Dick watch the notebook, so he's got <laughs> issues about that. That movie's really bad. What okay, so anyway, like? Harrison Ford has a dog. He has this great dog in, in his home. Is and it a replicant Ryan, dog? Well, that was Ryan Gosling's question. He said, is it a replicant? And the answer was, does it matter? Ooh. So we're so getting all metaphysical whole, on this, I know, huh? it's that whole same Existentialism. And where do the memories come from that the replicants have? I mean, it was it was good stuff. I had that on my calendar for months, counting down the days to get to go see it. So, yes, I embrace my inner, sometimes outer nerd. I'm I'm fine. I'm cool with that. Cool. Well, replicant or Cylon, you decide, people. What would you rather be? I, I don't know. I haven't really pondered I'd say replicant because you're an individual. Cylons, you only had nine models to choose from, so there'd be a whole bunch of skippies oh. running around there. But there's so many more different types of replicants. All right. In well, the you have the Why would we let Skippy be so. one of the nine? Hello? Let's, no. It's like, that's, of course I'm an organ donor. Who would not want a piece of this, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. 
Especially if the choice was that or death. But um, just saying. <laughs> Replicant Skippy, your alternative we, to suicide. And then what, what is death when facing Skippy's body? We don't really know. Well, is that death itself? To face Skippy's body. Yeah. Not every man, every man dies. <laughs> Not every man faces Skippy's body. <laughs> oh, things to ponder. Okay, yeah, we're going down that what rabbit you, hole. Well, Moving out of that one. You know, with uh, Blade Runner, though, it won a bunch of technical awards, which is you know not surprising. And that's one thing I wanted to see it because it got huge raves on just the whole overall world building mm-hmm. and the experience of watching the movie, not necessarily like Harrison Ford's acting or something like that. It was yeah. just, it was just a lot of fun. And I, I hope, you know, the same thing with the shape of water, I hope more movies like that come out where you, it, it puts you in the movie, takes you out of the seat and, and puts you into the movie to get really involved with okay. what's going on. Okay. Like 3d. Well, no, I, just like any type of, any type of what movies are originally supposed to do. Oh, like, like where well, you, you, you lose yourself for a couple mm-hmm. of hours. Well, Dunkirk definitely did that. That was an immersive experience. You felt like you were in the middle of all of the action on that one. Shape of Water, you actually said you'd like to see more movies that involve women having affairs with fishmen. Yeah, Hello? you, you got to think outside all? the box You're here. Right. That is that is way outside. That's outside well, the tank. <laughs> see, it's, it's a pardon the phrase. It's a chick flick or a rom com with a twist. Because just last week we were, I was pointing out to Dick that romantic comedies seem to be where the women get to have an affair, but it's okay. You know, the piano. Uh, yeah, uh, but this was like the sea monkeys. This is you know, <laughs> well, I, well, we fun. haven't. I want to Have you seen the movie? Adulthood. I haven't seen the movie. I, I haven't seen the movie. Do you know why? Because it involved a woman I'm falling in love with a fish. fish. And I just thought, no, really, well, that's two hours of that, my life. I'll never get that. Wasn't that a SpongeBob episode? <laughs> was, isn't that the same thing as like a replicant? Oh, ouch. Ouch. No. The replicants include people like Ryan Gosling, so it's all good. Uh, so does the sea, Nobody if the was sea, like if the sea monkey looked like Ryan Gosling. Well, yeah, I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, if Christian, if Christian Gray clear? gets away with it because he's an Internet billionaire. <laughs> there are standards, my friend, and they're all over the map. So let's stuff for a second well, about did, the Oscars. I did love, and this is something in clauses, I didn't know this. Uh, at the end of Frances McDormand's speech, she said there's a writer clause. Oh, and she, she wanted something writer. Yeah, well, there's a clause in contracts, mm-hmm. and she said, I'm just going to say two words. She basically made a big thing about, you know, women and quality and things like that. But it, what was weird when she said writer clause. Or um, inclusion writer is what she said. Yes, I mm-hmm. and I was thinking legally, I, go, I can't believe that's actually a real deal legally, where I don't know if you know what this is. Basically, in contracts now, they're putting more and more into movie things, or basically it has to be uh, diverse. The cast mm-hmm. and crew has to be diverse. And I'm thinking to myself, who's the who's the schmuck who has to sit there and be like, all right, we reached our quota for you know for Asian people in this movie. We mm-hmm. have to do something else. Like, who's gonna have to actually say that? Well, I'm glad they didn't have that clause when you know Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out. Up, oh, too many Asians. That's we we right. need some Caucasians in here. Well, um, I, yeah, because when I when she said that, I go, man, that's kind of a weird way because. It's funny when things are in your face, and that's what kind of, like, the Oscars tries to do with the Time's Up. Like, for example, when they did, she's asked for all the female nominees, and it was just all white females. And then <laughs> oh, she's, and she's giving yeah. the speech about it. I'm like, is, I mean, I get that there's gender issues sometimes. There's male and female, but, like, you can't just make a blanket statement and then yeah. not acknowledge what you just did was not what you just said. <laughs> well, any black women out there, please stand. Please, <laughs> any of you. <laughs> But Someone? that was that sketch with Maya Rudolph and the woman who was wearing a white dress. And they were talking about, don't you worry. We were concerned that the Oscars had become too white. And now you're looking around thinking maybe it's become too 
not white, but no, don't worry. There are lots of white people backstage. <laughs> white people running around with clipboards, right? White yeah. people running around with well, headphones. She, she, that, that lady is hilarious. She is. I know. Oh, the, the, the comedian, what's yes, her name? I, from, uh, what is her name? This is frustrating. I know who you're talking about. The, the line where Google she goes, she's talking to her co-presenter, and she's like, that scene and, um, oh, what was it? Where you took a dookie in the street. <laughs> changed my life and i was like oh it's so funny and that's bridesmaids bridesmaids yes yeah. when the when the actress in the bush <laughs> the mad pooper strikes again you I need to be a long time listener to remember that i'm running for judge because you may have forgotten that or felt that perhaps that wasn't that's right, the right well, actually, we're, we're gonna come we're, we're actually skippy's really good Look at the segues so here we go so we're at the oscars <laughs> last night you know two people won oscars uh gary oldman and kobe bryant mm -hmm. and of course people are oh but they're accused, you know, how dare they win Oscars, but both men have been accused and both men have denied the accusations. So let's talk about presumption of innocence, court of popular opinion. You know, is yeah. it possible to get a fair trial? I mean, it seems like nowadays all you got to do is point well, at someone and say he touched I me. I learned a little bit, just, so, just to give you an idea, I was reading this. Basically, Time's Up is they turned it into a fund that helps the court, like anything that has to do with legal funds when someone's being when you're accusing somebody or something like that so okay. it, is, it is trying to connect the bridge or build the bridge between just outright going so a little to, bit more proactive than just yeah me, instead of just going too. to people magazine and saying something that's like no let's let's put a court let's put a case together against this person and okay and do it so what about court of popular opinion and presumption of innocence i mean is that a lost art now well the presumption of innocence still exists Theoretically, but as soon as you go to the court of public public opinion, it, it's almost like game over. And there's a lot of attorneys who like to play that game. Maybe not a lot. There are attorneys who like there to play that game. There is a subsect of attorneys. Yes. So it basically boils down to it's it's a line from a movie. Um, if it bleeds, it leads, which is sort of the news mantra. So anything that is scandalous, anything that is exciting, anything that involves blood or death. Those are the stories that lead because people really tune into that. So when you hear later on, oh, wait, maybe it wasn't quite what we thought, people are tuned out at that point. And it's become, you know, the, the talk that people have at their office places and so forth and so on. So there is no presumption of innocence in the court of popular opinion. So that's an important thing to remember. And that's why when these cases end up in real courts, like the 284th, you need to have somebody who can cut the wheat from the chaff, somebody that can take care of, let's make sure that we have jurors who haven't already decided based upon what they watched on YouTube or what they read in the courier. Let's make sure we've actually got people who can be a clean slate on this because there are procedures. If you can't find a clean slate jury, you can transfer the case to another venue. And those are the kind of things that you need to judges to be attentive well, to. especially with this is a great opportunity to ask you this uh being involved in the court system especially going on the other side with technology being improved and basically improving every day and then also the media hyping certain type of cases so like the me too kind of stuff i, I can't imagine being a judge and saying what what's on the list today and then it's mm -hmm. like oh man i have to look at this case and i've been reading about it in every single newspaper or anything, just because of how easy it is to get information out. That's right. And we don't know if it's accurate or not. And then you have, like, I can't, 
like with Facebook, the world of Facebook today, imagine the fa- all this Facebook Live and how police officers are like, thank goodness for this stupid head going on Facebook Live and <laughs> saying he stole all this stuff because I don't even have to do anything. Watch me shoot yeah. this gun out my window. Because I mean, that recently happened, in, mm-hmm. uh, I believe in Houston, where there was like a robbery and that's where they filmed the robbery they filmed live. That? They filmed themselves shooting their guns out the window of yeah. the moving car? And I'm like, man. Brilliant. So with with that in mind, what do you see how the court's going to adjust to? you think it's just going to do like it's done in the past where we do a case. And when the case is over, we use that as the case law, which is the normal way, right? Is that how yeah. it usually is supposed to go? Yeah. Uh, That's the gist of it. But but the key is to make sure that there's fairness from well, start what, to yeah. finish. And that fairness is going to have to be monitored with a whole lot of new things now because what you've described, I mean— Facebook Live is a powerful vehicle, but also, you know, people go to the Internet on their phones. They pull it out of their back pocket, and within three minutes, you can have the answers to all kinds of historic questions, expert opinions. And, you know, if it's on the Internet, it's got to be true, right? That's what Abraham Lincoln said. Right. He he did. Mm -hmm. That's true. But you have to have a judge that, that is paying attention to that, is really monitoring that, and is really making sure that your decision makers sitting on the jury aren't doing that kind of stuff. Because if it doesn't happen in the courtroom, you can't monitor the fairness and the accuracy of the information the jurors are getting. They just can't go shopping on their own. And that's hard. That's hard to kind of keep them in check because it's just become too easy. And the thing is, accusations stick, acquittals don't. Because, you know, Skippy, you said a minute ago about Kobe Bryant, how he was accused and he denied the accusation. He was acquitted. I mean, he actually was tried and he was acquitted. But that part kind of gets lost. people don't remember that. Mm -hmm. All right. People forget that part. They remember the accusations. And so that's one key thing that judges do is they make sure that the accusations only stick if the evidence supports it. And that involves a whole lot of work monitoring the people that are making those decisions on the jury. Well, Kristen, I want to say thank you so much for coming in today and hanging out. Now, if you don't mind, let the people know voting's on tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Find your voting location at mctx.org slash election, all the information you need for that. You're running for? It's the 284th District Court, which is our designated civil district court. Okay. Well, thank you That's so much. Cool. And they can find you online if they if they want to read more about. You can find me all over the place. I've got a new video that will be coming out today. So it will be another funny one to be the, the sequel, if you will, to the first funny video I did. But I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. I've got a website. And on Twitter, Instagram. Website is? It's baysforjudge.org. That's bays with an S. B-A-Y-S. Yep. Or judge.org. Kristen Bays, thank you so much for being in the studio with us. Thank you. You're listening to Mornings Alone Star. We're going to take a music break here, folks, but feel free to call in anytime, 936-647-3776, or go to Facebook, Mornings Alone Star. We'll be back. Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. Welcome back. Mornings with Lone Star, Dick and Skippy. Quarter past 10 already. Where's the morning going? I don't know. Down with this coffee I'm drinking. Yeah, right. This delicious Conroe coffee. Thank you for being our sponsor, along with Clean Sweep Office Cleaning and Centurion Wealth Advisors. 
If you missed it, we had Kristen Bays in the studio earlier, running for judge for the 284th District Court, Civil Court here in Montgomery County. Voting's tomorrow. Vote tomorrow. Vote smart, vote educated. Uh, go to the websites, find out about the candidates. Uh, but tomorrow's your last chance to vote. And your vote counts. Come on, it's like a 10% voting turnout rate. Let's see if we can up that number a little bit. Um, if you missed it, you can go to our podcast and we also YouTube. So keep tabs on that. Go to IRLoneStar.com for more information. So Dick and Skippy still here. We were talking about uh, the Oscars earlier. Uh, talked with Kristen about, you know, you, you get people under not even indictment, but accusation of, of some, some stuff. And they win Oscars and people go bonkers. And it's like, is, is someone guilty of it just because they're accused or not? But, you know, it was fun to know that LeBron James and Gary Oldman, both Oscar winners last night, but under under some fire. Uh, uh, just uh, reports came in. Viewership is down almost 16% over last year. So I think fewer and fewer people are... Dick, I think the best way to phrase it is that Jimmy Kimmel, uh, the only thing that separated this from every other episode of the Jimmy Kimmel show is that, you know... It was in a different theater. It had more famous people. I yeah, guess. more more famous people in it. It was, you know, it's like my favorite episode of the Jimmy Kimmel show is where he makes fun of, of the president. I love that well, episode. One thing that I found interesting, I was thinking about this. Uh, if you if you were there watching the beginning, he makes a big statement about the length of of the acceptance speeches. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, they talk about time. They talk about all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't this entire program? supposed to be about the acceptance speeches because they're winning an award like mm -hmm. this is an award ceremony mm -hmm. i was like it's really weird that like that's the first thing they decide to cut is oh when we give you this award you can't speak and if we'll award you if you have the shortest one and they gave away a jet ski yeah well it's when you make fun of yourself that's one thing but when it strikes a little too close to home where this thing was four hours long of self-congratulations and being preached to by people, you know, they preach anti-gun stuff when they have armed guards outside on the red carpet. Uh, someone posted something yesterday, and I think it'd be good for a conversation because, you know, both sides I can see. If the government banned guns in movies from now on, especially semi-automatic weapons, would the actors, would they be able to handle, would Hollywood be able to handle that? And saying, okay, then you can't show anyone with guns. All, all gun movies are now gone, and all, you know, lethal weapon and, and everything. And I think it'd be an outroar about the First Amendment. No, I well, haven't. has Hollywood always been directly connected to whatever the social conversation is? is always. It, has it always been like that? No, it's becoming more and more. Is uh, it, did it start with like the McCarthyism kind of thing? Because I remember, mm -hmm. you know, in history class, that was the biggest target publicly were the folks in Hollywood. Right. The House Un-American Committee, led by Joseph McCarthy, targeted Hollywood screenwriters. And uh, most of them were Jewish. And that was the thing was the Jewish screenwriters. Well, I mean, because like, I was, was thinking, you know, if you're trying to target, because I was thinking about today. With social media being the way it is, and everyone thinks the Russians are doing, or you know, the Russians are doing stuff, and I was thinking, all right, so we're trying to identify propaganda, but we're it's like every time we, as a country, try to target it, we're always looking in the wrong spot whenever it comes to finding a solution or mm -hmm. something like that. I'm thinking, you know, I'm really surprised there's not there's not stricter rules for social media companies for censorship, and on the other end for promoting you know, whatever they deemed to want to report. Because that was, I can't imagine having a conversation with the people at Facebook saying like, all right, 
you knew you were running these ads. You knew because they it, this is the internet, folks, in the sense of they can target individual users. Right. So they have the ability to track. All right, we had this person spend this money here at this location, and this is what they chose to do. This is the location they chose to do, and these are the age groups and people they chose to talk about. And I'm like, so they they had to have known just through numbers mm-hmm. something was up, and in a sense of like there was a movement because it's it's really hard to say. Oh, the whole government did it. Well, who cares? Like they paid. That's like that's the platform. You allow that to happen. Right. And even if it's one person paying for it or if it's, you know, 10,000 to a million people paying for it, you still accepted the money and it still went through. So I'm interested to see. Can I cut in real quick? That's an awesome point. So in the the Mueller investigation about these 13 Russians, you know, can we expect – those who allowed it to happen, the U.S. media and Facebook, to be brought up under charges for – I don't want to say collusion because that word's so overused. Well, but, I mean, I, they actually let it happen. Well, what's weird to they me – They took the money. And I know this is – I would love to talk to anybody who's a historian about this because I go, okay, so when do we draw the line of what meddling is? Because we'd be naive to say it never happens. We Like no one ever gets involved in other politics because it would be – we'd be foolish to say whatever Russia decides to do with Putin, Putin it affects us – it doesn't affect us. But I'm like, no, it kind of does in certain ways. Like, I mean, imagine uh, diplomacy is going to be affected by it. And, you know, trades can be affected it's by it. It's always the devil you know. And I'm like, so we should be somewhat, you know, allowed to say something maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, especially when you get to the far extreme of like dictators and things. You're like, hey, you're killing your own people. We have to do something. That's when we went to war basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, so it just got me thinking about it. I was like, oh, what's wrong with – you know, we can be upset by the Russians doing this, but this is what everyone does in a sense, if that makes sense. It, it, it absolutely does. And, of course— you know, People got real pissed off about it, but, I mean, there's got to be examples of us doing the same thing. Well, we set up the current uh, government in Iraq under the Jimmy Carter administration. Yeah. This isn't like a, a conspiracy thing. Uh, his, I believe, his secretary of state or deputy secretary of state uh, toured Iran, came back and told President Carter, okay, so the Shah— of Iran. He's kind of like the, the czar of Russia. You know, he, he's out of touch with the people. But I met this really cool guy named the Ayatollah Khomeini, and I think he, he has some great ideas. So the Carter administration, which doesn't matter if they were Democrat or Republican, it was an administration set about to get the Shah deposed and exiled and put in his place uh, the whack job. And we are 100% responsible for what's going on in Iran. It's it's what it is. So, but before that, there was reasons before that. Every action has a preceding action before it, and you know, bad decisions are made on both sides of the aisle. Um, but we too are, you know, we've meddled in other elections. Uh, they meddled well, in I ours. Mean, and I, the extent see, is, I know we did, but I'm thinking in my mind: when has it become such an issue where it's people are violating? The law. Well, it, that's what I'm saying. We have, to the extent that we've set up governments and to taking them down and set them up, uh, the 13 Russians and three companies with probably maybe 100 employees. So what are they total, being charged with? Um, money laundering, uh, primarily, um, because it's hard to prove the extent of the meddling when even the own report says it did not affect the outcome. No elections were affected by this. These are hackers just, you know, it's, it's like the, the hacking laws until you actually break into I, a bank. I didn't see them being hackers. I saw them just being propaganda people. Right. And I'm sorry, I said hackers. I mean kind of geeks, you know, computer like. Well, not necessarily even trolls. Geeks. Or, it's more of like, hey, we got to get a message out. Let's use these new tools called social media to get this message out. What mm-hmm. message do you want to send? Let's make, let's cause confusion. 
among these vulnerable people over here in this. Basically, see how much trouble we can cause. And, you know, you don't need the government backing to do that. That happens every day, three billion times on Facebook. People just will put a fake meme out there or take an old news story and, and put today's date on it. And just to get people rowdied up. Well, it's just really, it, it just got me thinking about it, especially with, you know, the Hollywood doing their social com uh, conversations all the time. And I'm like, all right, so they clearly don't have that much clout anymore. Well, the viewership shows it and it goes against the, the media narrative. Well, oh, this is important. If this was the most important Oscars in history about, you know, inclusion and diversity, and now 16% fewer people are watching it, I think people are getting tired of it. It's, it's lazy. I've talked about lazy journalism, lazy comedy, and now kind of lazy awards. We just know what to expect. I didn't tune in because I knew exactly what was going to happen. Don't try to be smart. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star here at our, our We're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be back. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM, 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star. We're here till 11 o'clock. Full lineup today, IRLoneStar.com slash show calendar. We have a lot of cool talk shows today. It's Monday. So make sure to check out IRLoneStar.com. Or listen to Morning's Lone Star brought to you by Clean Sweep Office, Cleaning, Centurion Wealth Advisors, and Conroe Coffee. It's just going to be skipping eye for the rest of the show. So feel free to chime in at 936-647-3776 or visit us on Facebook, MW Lone Star. We love to hear from you guys 24-7. That Those message lines are available. Don't forget, every show is podcasted on iTunes and Google Play. So if you missed the today's show, you don't forget, 8 p.m. tonight, it will be available. Or you can just go to IRLoneStar.com when it's ever released. But the podcast will be dropped at 8 o'clock tonight. So we have a few events going on this week and weekend. We really want to be focused on those. But uh, tomorrow is voting so, folks, find your precinct, uh, mctx.org slash elections. It's very important to get out and things like that. So uh, there you go. There you go. You're voting, and when you're not voting, uh, what's going on all week long through the 10th is the Celebrating Arts and Culture in Downtown Conroe, Rising Stars and Legends of Texas, sponsored or presented by the Greater Conroe Arts Alliance. And, Dick, I'm looking at kind of the, the trifold uh, uh, brochure, but it's, like, huge of all the different uh, examples of arts is going on um, tonight at seven o'clock at the Redbrook Tavern. Debbie Glenn and Billy Hillman tomorrow. The Sea Kids Radio Show. They're actually at the Owen Theater. Uh, they're going to be doing. Yeah, actually, we're we are recording it. Up, right? it. Yeah. We are recording that Lone Star Community Radios uh, with the Owen Theater and the Players Theater Company. They're going to be doing the. I think you you can come for free. If I remember to me see, personally. Yeah, like anyone can come to the Owen Theater and sit and watch the show. Mm hmm. And then it's recorded for later broadcasts. That's awesome. Uh, after that, at the Crichton Theater, it's going to be a movie uh, about Bonnie and Clyde, but not like the movie with Warren Beatty, but like a documentary. Uh, we got Cecil Shaw, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Uh, 
young Texas, the preliminaries, you, you know, local artist in competition of poetry slams. I mean, this is like through all, uh, all week. It, it comes to a head on Saturday, the 10th with a big, uh, chalk sidewalk chalk, uh, contest, uh, dancing, painting, just all kinds of stuff. Where can people go to see this? I mean, Cause it is kind of a lot, uh, just to say on the radio, uh, but where can people see the full lineup? Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for a website, and you think they would have put it on here. This is the actual program. If you ta- if you uh, Google Rising Stars and Legends of Texas, and I'm going to practice what I re- uh, preach as I say that, uh, and uh, find a website. Here we go. Here we are. Okay, you want to go to, oh, visit Conroe.com. Duh, of course. That's all we had to do. Go to visitconroe.com. So is it visitconroe.com or are you telling people to visit www.conroe.com? You need to visit visitconroe.com. Okay, So visit www.visitconroe.com. You'll have the breakdown. This is an awesome thing. So we have that. Um, As I said earlier, the uh, the, the Owen Theater starts this weekend, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It's a musical. It's not a spelling bee. Well, there's this musical about a spelling bee and lots of other great I think great we're working on getting tickets on. to give away for that. Awesome. That would be great. So we'll keep an eye out on our keep social media on for that. that stuff. We but, talked about the marathon last week, did Yeah, that was a big deal in the woodlands. Did the you ma- run it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did not. I, uh, I no. I, I, I avoid marathons because the whole point was, you know, the guy that ran the first marathon, he, you know, he ran from the Battle of Marathon to Athens to let them know they won, and he died at the end of it. So this is a Greek in his prime of health, died after running, you know, 26.2 miles. So I figure any sport where you have a good chance of death, eh, probably I would avoid it. But one thing I did notice, Dick, this is really cool. I'm old, as has been pointed out from time to time, mainly by you. Uh, in the old days, the, there was a, you know, Burma shave. It's a shaving cream. And in the, like, 50s and 60s, probably longer than that, they actually had a marketing campaign where they would go out on highways and on the side of the road banging these signs uh, like every you know quarter mile or something. And it would be po- <clears throat> poems or puns or jokes about Burma shave. It was very effective. It ran for years. Well, Saturday afternoon, many hours after the end of the marathon, I was driving the route, happened to be on it, and saw that some local company had done the same thing. It was a chiropractic center, not Permashave. But I actually drove about maybe 10 miles out of my way to follow these signs because it was so, they were funny. There were puns, uh, jokes, uh, and then every now and then they'd let you know it was for this company. And I thought it was very effective marketing because you had at least one schmo who's driving around taking an extra half hour following these signs because I was cracking up. Zero technology, you, you know, signs, side of the road, and it was for the jogger or for the runners but also for people like me uh, going afterwards. And I like that a lot because it was old school and, you know, it's been pointed, I'm old, but we've talked about technology, how that can frequently get people in trouble. What do you think about like the old school way of marketing and advertising? Well, I think there, we've been around enough in the advertising world that you know what's effective or not. And that sounded like a smart play, especially for all the runners and all the people who are already stuck in traffic because of the marathon. Right. Uh, I know Bucky's does something very similar to the style uh, Bucky's the convenience store. And I think if you are smart and you have a good focus on your ads, then you can use that kind of technique because 
you gotta be it depends on the creativity. And that's one thing I've always kind of wondered. One of my friends works in the ad department of a major football team, NFL, and they have their own awards inside. Like their own I don't know how to put it. Like an in house Well, it's not like it's not just the Texans. It's more of like the creative ads in the area. Okay, well, because you have Clio Awards, which are advertising awards. And I was like, I could, I, I never really thought of the Texans proposing, like, putting their ads in for consideration, if oh, that yeah. makes sense. The, we have the Lone Star Emmy Awards, which are actual Emmys, but they're uh, Texas-based. And it can get down to best press release, best, tri- best trifold brochure. I, I mean, you can get down to and win an award for that. So... Uh, hats off to the chiropractic company. Uh, you're, you're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to call you by name. But uh, but well done for a good marketing campaign for the Woodlands Marathon. Is it still there? They may still have them up. Who knows? Until they get a notice. Until they get a notice. That's probably going to be. <laughs> yes, good morning's Lone Star. We're going to take a song break. It is 1034 here on IRLoneStar.com. We'll be right back. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. Mornings with Lone Star. It's 1040. we got about 20 minutes left in today's show. Dick and Skippy in the studio. Just us this morning after Kristen Bays left us with an interview earlier. Catch it on the podcast or on YouTube later this evening. Currently 1040. I think I already said that. Weather is getting hotter out there. We've been talking about um, local events. and uh, But I want to go back to the Oscars real quick. Talk about the, the memoriam section, you know, the bit where they talk about people who died. Now, every year, people are left out. And it's sad that, like, Farrah Fawcett and Michael Jackson died on the same day. And Farrah Fawcett died, like, two hours earlier. So, you know, she got lost in the shuffle. She wasn't in the memoriam either but um last night some people getting some heat and i think you were talking about earlier how the purpose of this awards thing is about presenting awards and recognizing people for their achievements which i would assume also means people who passed away uh and but it's become more we're going to spend more time even jimmy kimmel put in his monologue hey you know if you want to join the kids school kids marching on the 24th do that but you know so it's become a political event um, no different, I think, from any other like late night comedy show going on with you know Colbert or Kimmel or Fallon or all of them. It's, it's all I, to me. It's kind of lazy, and I, it's not that they're going after Trump. It's just they're picking one target and sticking with it and keeping. But the people who were skipped out this year include Adam West, you know, the Batman to many people, Glenn Campbell, who actually was nominated for an Oscar. So it's not like, well, we we. Didn't feel he deserved a thing for um, he did a song for True Grit movie he acted in. And uh, again, well, at least set, set a parameter of like people who you're acknowledging, especially for their award ceremony. To me, it, it would be reasonable if the 
Oscar people go, hey, we're going to do a short video remembering Oscar nominate, not by people who were nominated by with Oscars or won an Oscar or part of the Academy, part of the the group. I can see that being okay. You can forget people because maybe Adam West is more of a TV actor and he's not necessarily Academy science and whatever. So, um, that's what, is it, again, well, that's kind of, you, you kind of made my point or helped me make it that it's very subjective who gets in and who doesn't. There are some people who, you know, you never heard of before, or maybe they were a, you know, assistant producer. Uh, but these are the people who, who did not make it in. A Powers Booth, who, you know, was Curly Joe in Tombstone, amongst many other movies. A Robert Guillaume, you know, Benson, the actor, who was also the, the you know, black actor. Uh, trailblazed a lot, had a very long history. Uh, had a stroke in real life during a TV show and came back, you know, taught himself to walk and talk again. Uh, John Hillerman from uh, Magnum P.I., he was Higgins. Uh, Adam West, Jim Neighbors, Gomer Pyle himself, you know, uh, gospel singer. Uh, John Mahoney from Frasier. Rose Marie, who's decades she's, uh, uh, of, of acting. And Jerry Van Dyke, one of the entire Van Dyke family. These people were missed out. And instead we got, you know, great shots of people juggling wine as they're hopping seats or showing off jet skis if you give a short thing or, or making these everyone stand up. And I think even then at four hours it got lost. I also heard that there was a military, um, not a memorial, but like a video section that was like a minute long and people were upset about that. The more time was being spent on standing ovations. Um, but these... Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. Uh, into that one. No, the the, the I, I've read the well, live tweet on that one. Well, it's also something that, like you know, and this is uh, something to do with the, over time. People don't really know what the Oscars are, and no one really knows how they vote. Oh, we're going to be disappointed. We're, there's always going to be some controversy for award ceremonies because there's always a winner, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's and the politics of it is just kind of uh, to me. It's almost the entertaining part because you get to see how some people are like they're just crazy or. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And then, yeah. But then when seeing a movie win, and especially seeing somebody who earned it, like, like for example, I feel horrible for the four males nominated for best director. And then that one female, because, like, if you, if you looked at it, they kept harping on how great she is. And it's just like, you know, there's other people in the, in the nomination that, if not, are just as good, maybe better because they made more movies because that was her first movie. Mm-hmm. So I was just really weird to me. I was like, man, I, I would just. I'm sorry for being a white male. Yeah. So what are the Oscars then? You're saying people don't know what the Oscars are. What well, are they to well, you? Let me, let me figure this out. So from what I understand, it's a group of people, like a club, mm-hmm. and you have to apply for it. You just don't get in it. You're, mm-hmm. You just don't, like, oh, I was in Iron Man 3. I get to be in the, like, no, you actually have to, like, fill out paperwork. There's probably dues. Yes, and then, the Academy of Motion Pictures. So, from science. what I understand, there's that. And then when you come to the vote, you get to vote on the category you are part of. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're an actor, you're a cinematographer, you're whatever. But you get to vote on that category, and then you get to vote on uh, Best Picture. Mm-hmm. That's it. You don't get to vote on every single one. You just vote on the one that you check the box of, like, who are you? I'm a director. And then you get to vote. everyone gets to vote on Best Picture. I so, would love to see... Because they always spend like 90 seconds on it where, you know, earlier this week, the technical Oscars yeah. went up to. And 
these people work hard. I mean, because the actors, don't get me wrong, actors work hard. I'm not downplaying actors and, and their importance to society. But, this, you know, the the grips, the, the the guys, the editors, the ones that get the technical awards, they're relegated to like a little 30-second well, video you know, recap. They what, should show the whole you thing. You know what's funny about that? You say that someone brought an argument when that uh, lady said the writer clause. Mm-hmm. And they said it's funny that they, they claim this writer clause for actual – important roles in film but not for key grips or anything like that and like they, they said basically they don't have that ratio requirement for they don't female grips they just don't they don't have female grips they just they just don't mm-hmm. and that's basically they're saying like kind of like well if you're going to do it just for the actors you do it for everybody even and so even then it's a form of segregation oh for us but not for you guys yeah. you're, you're kind of negating well, your whole point point. and i think that's always happened in the film world where people don't realize what really goes into a movie and it's shot not just these three people who won best actor best director and like oh, it's just them making the movie but uh people do yourselves a favor and even a non-marvel movie where you sit through the credits to watch the the secret scene at the end but next time you go to the cinema or watching a movie on tv well not on tv because they tend to zip through them Watch the credits. See who's what. Ask yourself, what is a best boy? What is a grip? What, you know, who, what's a Foley artist? See how many hundreds, if not thousands of people make a movie. And, of course, so two or three are, are well, like, recognized. Well, even on that idea about the remembering these people, I don't see why they need to show a clip. Maybe what they could do is with technology more what it is today, just upload it to YouTube and say, hey. They need to show the whole thing because these people work so hard. This is their they don't get and recognized. they're dead. <laughs> so, no, I meant more of the people who are the, what do you call them? Oh, the memoriam. Yeah. I thought we were talking about this. Sorry, I was still on the technical part. I think they should show the whole technical part, uh, that award ceremony. Put it on C-SPAN 2 or something or online to where you, these guys and gals deserve a big round of applause because they're not, they're, they're the first ones to show up, the last ones to leave, and they have to deal with the actors and the directors who... A lot of them have the ego attitude, and these people, they can't talk back or they get fired. So they have to put up with a lot. I, I wish they got their but due. One question I have to ask you since we're wrapping up the show today's show. Okay. So with the Oscars gone mm-hmm. and the movies for the next frontier for the movies for the year 2018, 2019, where do you see it going? Because I would definitely say out of all the movies that the Academy voted for and did all that, there, were, there really wasn't one that stood out to me as like this is the best for the decade. If that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. They're probably good for this year, but were there any decade kind of movies where people are going to rewatch and I don't think, think so. it's going to like change? Did anyone's career change overnight from the, these Oscars? I don't I don't really know. Ask yourself who won Oscars last year and in what topic and what are they doing tonight, today? Or no, what were they doing last, that's my whole point, you know, because the only thing I saw that I, I liked was the guy who won best cinematography has been nominated 11 times. For cinematography is never one. <laughs> so that was kind of like, oh, he's still around. and But at least he got it for Blade Runner. And then, of course, Gary Oldman was in the same boat where he has never won an Oscar, but he's been nominated several times. So that was the only thing I kind of noted, like, oh, that's good. Finally, I guess if that's what they wanted, that's what they wanted. Yeah, I think the trend for this year's movies, um, I think there's going to be a lot more escapism. You know, movies like A Wrinkle in Time, or Fantasy. I think the movies like Death Wish, the remake of Death Wish, and the one with um, The Rock being like Die Hard with a fake leg, I think they're going to be snubbed because they promote gun violence. And right now that doesn't fit the narrative for 2018. Um, 
And I, I stand by earlier, if, you know, Hollywood were suddenly told, well, you can make no more movies with guns. Well, what's crazy about that is, you know, when you set a, when, when you set the table for yourself, you're going to have to eat. So it's like, all right, if we're going to do this Time's Up movement, that thing's going to be going on for a long time. Maybe not call it Time's Up, but, mm-hmm. I mean, look at James Franco and how he basically was, like, it's, it's weird to me that somebody could win a Golden Globe, a, a big award, and not even be nominated Oh, the, the day of it was it was over. Yeah, or, you, you and know. I'm like, all right. So clearly they have bias. Mm-hmm. And because these are two different organizations, uh, foreign press uh, committee, uh, they're the ones that choose the Golden Globes. Well, uh, no, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying like if you're if you're doing the same sporting event kind of thing, and this guy has a breakout year, he gets one of like he's winning awards, and then it comes to the big the big show, the big one, they don't even recognize mm-hmm. him. So I'm just like, all right, so clearly they don't – it's not about the art. It's about the politics. And unfortunately, that's what they chose to do, and they've been doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like the Roman Polanski hypocrisy is still there, and that's – I mean that's always going to be – that's always going to be reminded. Like, you're, hey, if you're going to start making all these claims, you got to – I think that's the year I stopped watching the Oscars. When they gave him a standing ovation, that's where I kind of threw yeah, my hands. Yeah, for the hands. piano. Well, no, they even made a big deal about you know Harvey Weinstein, how they kicked him out. And there's only been one other person. I was like, is he going to, is this, are they actually going to note that they didn't kick out Polanski? But then I don't think they would because over half the people in that room were putting out uh, support. You know, they wrote down on the uh, protest thing where they supported him. I was mm-hmm. like, man, that's going to be real awkward. <laughs> if anything, we should send them times up uh, on the, <laughs> yeah. with their signature. Time's up, Roman Polanski. They're going to send a commando squad to, uh, all you out of your non-extradition country. But we'll be back tomorrow morning. Okay. For more mornings, Lone Star, yeah, 9 o'clock. Hey, um, I want to really quickly. Yeah. She's not listening, but just in case, like, she YouTubes it later. Uh, my daughter's birthday today, Sweet 16. Happy yeah. birthday, dear. Happy birthday to them. Yeah. And we got, uh, I believe, on Wednesday's show and Friday's show, we're going to have a special uh, guest come in who've won uh, from the election. Mm-hmm. And we'll maybe give them Time's Up pins. And I think everyone needs to be wearing Time's Up pins. If you don't, you know why. And I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. Like, I would love you the dude who's at the red carpet and be like, $2, $2. And just give me give me a pin. We $2. missed our calling, Dick. We should have done that. So, uh, but, you know, we're brought to you by Centurion Wealth Advisors, uh, also Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, and Conroe Coffee. Special thanks to those guys supporting the show. We will be back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Don't forget, we podcast everything uh, on our on IRLoneStar.com slash MWLS for playback if you missed Kristen Bay's interview. We got a lot of stuff coming up here on Lone Star Community Radio, so stick around. Sean, it's good to see you. Dick, ditto. Happy happy birthday, daughter. There you go. <laughs> we'll uh, be back tomorrow morning. Shows what you can do if your horse can act. Hooray for Hollywood. They hire fellas whose physiques are good. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV in Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station 
at lscrstudios at gmail.com.